It's time to clip your last good piece and dig in, because the runout starts now. Today's show is brought to you by Outdoor Research. Of course, freezing your ass off on a big adventure can make for a good story back home in front of the fire, provided you survive to tell the tale. But regaling your friends again and again about how euphoric hypothermia can be will just make you sound like a liability. So let Outdoor Research help you keep that core temperature up and the epics to a useful minimum. Look to OR for base layers, mid layers, and some of the best active outer layers like the Ferrosi Grid and the Ascendant Hoodie, and then wrap it all up in a down piece from the Transcendent line. Mmm, toasty. Outdoor Research brings you rugged innovation all backed by the infinite guarantee. Check it all out at OutdoorResearch.com and use their handy locator to find a local shop. Outdoor Research is a proud sponsor of the Runout Podcast. Climbers who are both really good and genuinely humble are an increasingly rare breed, which is all the more reason to stop and pay attention to climbers like Paige Clausen when they do something noteworthy, lest it be drowned out in all the insta spray. Over the years, Paige has amassed an impressive tick list of heart sport routes, including Algorithm, a 514C slash D in the Finns of Idaho, Necessary Evil, 514C at the Virgin River Gorge, and Odin's Eye, another 514C at Flatanger, Norway. Her most recent tick is Shadowboxing, which at 514D is one of Rifle's hardest rock climbs. Paige took this one down shockingly quickly. After just a few weeks of making consistent two-day trips from Boulder to Rifle alongside her climbing partner, Neely Quinn, Paige managed to send shadowboxing in under 12 tries total. You're listening to the Runout Podcast. This is Andrew Bisharat, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Chris Kaluse. And for today's episode, we recently sat down one morning, pre-climbing, to chat with both Paige and Neely, who you likely know as the voice of the Training Beta Podcast the visionary behind the training beta empire. One interesting theme that emerged in this conversation that I wanted to draw your attention to is to notice the stark difference in attitudes toward red pointing that are embodied by Paige and Neely respectively. Paige's approach is self-assured, positive, self-confident. Neely, meanwhile, is often filled with doubts, and yet both are successful climbers in their own ways, not in spite of, but arguably because of their climbing partnership. It's interesting to consider which side of that positivity spectrum you may fall on, and whether climbing with someone who is on the polar opposite side of that spectrum might help you succeed too. See what you think after listening to this. And without a further continuance of ado, here's Paige Clausen and Neely Quinn. Andrew has shingles. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, I do. Yeah. Um, I haven't been climbing because I got shingles last month from uh, stress. Also known as rickets. Not also known as rickets. <laughs> it isn't? No. Is that a different thing? I think it's different. Oh. But it's People don't know what shingles is, but it's basically adult chicken pox um, that comes out when you're stressed out. And uh, so that took me out the last few weeks. So... It sounds Here very 17th century or something. It does. Yeah. It's like, um, 
scurvy or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah it's, like, it's like you've been living on a boat without vitamin C. And it's a good thing it's not like Victorian era because they would probably would, you know, put you on an island and just let you just starve burn to me death. at the stake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'd never be allowed back in Rifle Canyon. Well, I don't know if I'm allowed back anyway. They'd be like, they'd be like, these are demons coming out of you. We've got to exercise them. <laughs> Put leeches on him. <laughs> I, I, as I said, I need to start a shingles awareness group for a support group for adults who uh, who don't know how to manage stress and have bad relationships with their parents. Oh man, are we going to go there? <laughs> Let's do that. You ladies can go climbing because obviously we've got some yeah, stuff got to some get issues. into right yeah, here. You guys got to work through this. <laughs> and we'll talk about your your deal later, Paige. So we are here with uh, two ladies who we respect and admire very deeply, uh, Paige Clausen and Neely Quinn. Um, but we really want to just talk about a couple things that you guys have going on in your lives. Um, primarily, Paige, you just sent, is it the hardest route you've ever done or how would you? I don't know. Everyone wants to know this. <laughs> um, I guess numerically, yes, but I wouldn't say it's the route that I've put the most into. We're talking about shadow boxing, a 514D in rifle, um, I guess considered the hardest route in rifle by grade or otherwise. And uh, yeah, and you did it relatively quickly this fall. Yeah, Neely and I have been coming out each week, I think about seven weeks now. We come out for two days in the middle of the week. We make our own weekends. We're spoiled. That's smart. <laughs> We're smart. But I've been trying it once or twice a weekend. It's in the sun all day, so you can only try it early in the morning or late in the evening. So I don't try it that often because I want to climb on other stuff as well. But I've just been slowly chipping away at it and making good progress. And I think I tried it like 10 or 12 times in total. So yeah, it went down quicker than I expected, which is always exciting. And it's about to snow tomorrow, so it's nice not to have to think about it. (laughs) Have you climbed other 514Ds? Algorithm in the fins is maybe 14D. I'm not sure. You um, thought it might be a little bit easier. Yeah, I keep waiting for like a route to feel like the next level up for me. And that hasn't happened yet. I think part of it is obviously grades are subjective. And so styles are different for all of us. But I think I'm stronger than I've ever been before. So I don't want to discount that. But yeah, I keep waiting for something to feel like, oh, the next level but the routes I've been doing feel comparable to other hard routes I've done. Like I still think Odin's Eye and Flat Hanger is one of the harder routes I've done. But I think it's considered a soft 14C. So it's just different for every person. Is that because that one wasn't your style? Yeah, it's really steep. It's in a cave. It's not my style. But you had to learn how to knee bar on it. Neely had to teach me how to knee bar. <laughs> I didn't even bring knee pads. I was trying to use knee pads over my pants that Neely had loaned me and they were like, dude, you got to put them on your bare legs. This is how you knee bar. This is how you toe hook. Like I was not prepared with the skills for that route. I had trained, I had the strength for it, but had to add a few skills to my bag of tricks. Well, as someone who's outside looking in and, you know, observing your climbing, like everybody else, who's sort of a fan, it seems like, yeah, you're, you're such a technician. Your footwork is amazing. Um, I've seen you on a lot of really hard, small hold climbs. Do you think that's more your style? Yeah, I definitely think that like thin technical climbing is my style and particularly thin feet. And I think that's where a lot of people get tripped up in trusting their feet or using smears or really tiny footholds. And I think from a young age, it was 
maybe my coaches were like, clearly she's not very strong. So like her only hope is her feet. So my footwork was trained from a really young stage. And I think it's, it's helped me so much and that's what I rely on. And so, yeah, that suits climbing in the fins that suits shadow boxing where there aren't very good feet. It's mostly smears. It's mostly tiny little divots. You know what else it suits? The Dawn wall. I just had a vision of you. Page. Let's do it, Paige. I seriously. Yeah, I, me and Neely will be up there. I had we a love vi- multi-pitch climbing, also sleeping on a wall. That's why we're staying at Andrew's house right now is because it was too cold in Rifle Canyon. So I'm sure a portal would suit know. us. I don't know. I'm telling you, I just, you know, those pictures of Tommy just smeared on nothing. I just had a vision of you doing that. I just put it in your brain. Thanks for believing in me. Yes. Yeah, That's see, all I can say. That's what it takes. And you are aware of that, believing in yourself. So. Have you um, climbed El Cap before? No, I have barely climbed in Yosemite at all. I fake climbed there for a photo shoot. That's it. I mean, Andre never climbed there, and he just went exactly. and did the Don, Don Wall. Yeah, and quickly, we're like so. relatively at the same yeah, level, so it's fine. One trading routes back and forth. That's it. Weekends in Yosemite now instead of rifle. Yeah, that's <laughs> not going to work out for me. <laughs> okay, but anyway, seriously, do you have any interest in doing anything like that? If I'm being honest, no. I mean, my answer is supposed to be yes, because that's what all climbers are supposed to aspire to. But I think one of my strengths is being honest with myself and knowing what I enjoy and excel at. And I love sport climbing and I really like single pitch sport climbing. And there's so many sport climbs I still want to do that that's where my motivation is. Yeah, but hard climbing is about finding something you hate and doing it until you just hate it to death. (laughs) But I didn't that- say I like hard climbing. I said I like sport climbing. Okay, anyway. <laughs> that happens just, to be hard, but all right. maybe someday. But okay. currently, I wouldn't say that's on my list of goals. If you were to do the dino, <laughs> <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> would you do the dino pitch or the down climb? <laughs> mm, well, if anyone's seen me dino, clearly the option would be that. <laughs> um, the down climb. I would do the down climb. What Good about call. you, Neely? Are you? Would you do the oh, dino? Oh, she would pitch? do the dino. Are you a dino or down climb? She's person? a five-one dino fiend. Hmm. Hmm. I would just climb on Paige's back, and she would do the dino for us, and the down climb. You'd make her do them both. Yeah. <laughs> just to make sure it was a valid ascent. No one could take anything away from you. Um, should we move on from my <laughs> d- disruptive tangent? <laughs> well, yeah. So. Um, where were we? <laughs> Paige was talking about some other route and rifle, something that she just climbed that's smaller than the Dawn Wall. <laughs> it's definitely not smaller than the Dawn Wall. Can you describe the, the route a bit? So shadow boxing, the first two thirds of the route is like an approach 5'9", five, 5'10", five, which is interesting because when a lot of the guys who'd done the route explained it, it was as the big brother to living in fear, which is like the ultimate power endurance route. There's nowhere to rest but none of the moves are particularly hard. That is not how I found shadow boxing to be. Um, it's not actually super long. It's maybe only eight bolts long, the actual climbing. And there's not, there aren't any good rests, but it's pretty much all underclings. So there's a few undercling rests on smeary feet, which isn't super restful, but you can get a little bit back. And the main crux is an undercling crux. And then the final red point crux is super thin, like really, really tiny crimps. It almost felt like the VRG, actually, at the very top. So yeah, it's underclean climbing with smears for feet. 
So like half of it suited me. The feet suited me. But Neely convinced me to do bicep curls to train this route because my biceps were lacking. Although I I just had a talk with Steve Bechtel. If you're listening to this, Bechtel, I was doing biceps curls in front of him and he was like, million dollar arm, 10 cent brain. He was like, whoever told you to do those should be fired. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, sorry, Paige. But maybe they worked. worked. Maybe they worked. My biceps are really weak and now they are stronger because even climbing in the gym now or other routes at Rifle, I'm like, whoa, I would choose the underclean beta over like crimping even. I'm I'm happy to hear that because whenever someone asks me that's never climbed in Rifle, like, oh, I've heard it's really weird and blocky and all this stuff. And And I always say that, yeah, basically, it's going to be an undercling crux. And if it's if the undercling is at your belly, it's 5'11". If it's like right around your chin or your face, it's like 5'12". You know, around your forehead is 5'13". And if it's like way above your head, then <laughs> it's true. probably 5'13". I'm just I wondering. I mean, that makes sense on shadow boxing because the crux undercling is like your max extension. Yeah, and you got to like hold it with like all these muscles you don't normally use. Yeah. Because it's way above your head and you would avoid that. Right. So, yeah, that's I'm, I'm glad that... So, your grading scale is super accurate. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm pretty pleased it's about pretty hearing good. this. Yeah. yeah. So, I could just grade it as like a Overhead above the underclean. forehead. Yeah, <laughs> above the forehead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that would suit me because I don't really like grading roots. So, I've always found it amusing when, you know, uh, like a coach shows up with their sort of climbing protege as like you know, on a trip as their nutritionist and their, and their, uh, and sort of their psychological encouragement. Um, is that what's going on here with the two of you? Are you, are you coach and client? Yes. Paige um, is my coach and my trainer. <laughs> <laughs> because Neely, I mean, we, we didn't really get to an introduction, but, um, you know, you're the, you're the brains and brawn behind, uh, the training beta podcast and the training beta, uh, website. So I Emp- just assume, training beta empire. Yeah. Empire really. Yeah. And so I just assume that's what's going on here. And I think that Paige and I have a really equal relationship. We both learn. I think a lot from each other. For sure. Yeah. Um, but as far as training and coaching for Paige, she's super introspective and she's very self-aware. And so she's amazing at training herself and knowing what her weaknesses and her strengths are. So like we'll talk about those things and I'll be a sounding board for her. But generally, she's that's one of her strengths is knowing how to coach herself. And I think that goes both ways. Like we're... We're both here trying our own projects and like neither is important, more important than the other. And we're both just trying hard and trying to give each other feedback when it's helpful. And I think we've both helped each other like overcome some different obstacles, whether they're physical or mental or whatever it is. So I think we work really well together. I mean, we've been close friends for a long time, but we also have a great climbing dynamic where we can really support each other and and learn from each other. Yeah, this has been my favorite rifle season by far, just partly just from how like I struggle a lot with being negative and having a lot of self-doubt and Paige is really good at staying positive and sort of helping me inject some positivity into my climbing. And so I get to have incremental improvements on my route and actually like acknowledge them and have Paige make me acknowledge them basically. Yeah, it'd be really funny. Neely's trying tomb raider and she's doing super well on it and 
you would like get a high point and fall and be like, oh, that was so bad. I'm like, dude, you just got a high point. And you're like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> and so, so I think awesome. Your the coach is up there like, just like, just like berating herself. Just <laughs> exactly what she's probably told hundreds of clients not to do. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But yeah, I think we have like pretty different personalities, but we can help each other kind of like meet in the middle and then it suits us both and we both learn. So yeah. Also, my climbing partner is my climbing hero. So that works for me. I'm not really sure what she gets out of this relationship. <laughs> A lot. Friendship. Yeah, it's been good. So Well, and you've you've come off like uh, uh you know, I think a few almost years of injuries, if if I recall right. Yeah. So that is that are you feeling good? Are you feeling sort of powerful with uh with those sorts of things? Yeah. So in two thousand seventeen I had had one shoulder surgery and the other shoulder was really bothering me. And I came to rifle one day, tried to climb on some stuff, and I was like, I'm getting shoulder surgery because I just couldn't train. I couldn't do anything because my shoulder hurt. So then I had another shoulder surgery in June of 2017. And so it's taken me some time to recover from that. And I was like, I'm not going back to rifle until I feel strong enough to do the things I want to do. And now I feel like that. I feel strong. I feel maybe stronger than I've ever been and more confident and less scared and all the things. So it's been a tough road. Like two shoulder surgeries sucks. It's really hard and it took like a really big mental toll on me, emotional as well. So I'm just really happy to be able to try hard again. And but like, you're definitely climbing better than you ever have. Like you climb more confidently now and with more snap and like I can just tell that you believe in yourself and part of that's probably believing in your body. Like if your body hurts, it's really hard to trust that you're able to pull through moves. Yeah, So definitely. Have you had uh, surgeries, Paige? I had bursitis on my heel from wearing my climbing shoes too small so i had my heel shaved down and they like i think they removed the bursa sack that's it it wasn't like an injury as in i hurt myself while climbing i just wore my shoes too tight and inflicted so now you wear tc pros in preparation for your future with don socks yeah for comfort Thor low socks. Yeah. No, I just upsized one and a half numbers. Oh, that's pretty for my climbing. That's shoes, a pretty big jump. Which is still three and a half sizes smaller than right. my pro shoes. You were old. They were old just school. way yeah yeah before. It turns out you don't need your climbing shoes to cut off your circulation and cause you extreme pain to climb well. Yeah, that's that was when I started climbing. That was sort of the idea. Just like well, it was compensating it. for bad. Uh, shoe design right the shoes were so badly designed that you had to just s- squeeze them down to like get your toes to curl and and now the shoes are, are so high tech that they can just fit your foot at, that's at a good that point size. i've yeah. never thought about that because i think the solution was one of the turning points in in like climbing shoe technology and since then like most of the shoes that people are wearing now are the solution and beyond like more recent yeah. and you're right like you don't have to it doesn't have to be a like a Japanese shoe torture situation. <laughs> What's new in the training world, Neely? The training world? Whew, so much is new. Man, the training world is just growing by the day. Besides bicep curls. Yeah, not bicep, no biceps curls, that's for sure. Um, which I've been doing with holding babies, which right? is excellent. Yeah. Excellent <laughs> biceps training. Yeah, yeah, that's serious. I mean, the training world is 
growing and training beta is part of it, which I'm really grateful for. But there are so many trainers coming up and different companies and different podcasts and all the things. So I just try to put out stuff that is important to people and that's relevant and um, that's mostly that's helpful. Like training beta is all about just trying to get information out that's practicable, practicable right now. Like, what can I do to change myself right now to make myself better? So that's kind of our angle on things. But Training Beta is like pretty um, on autopilot now. Like Matt Pincus and I and uh, Shana, we run it pretty seamlessly at this point where, you know, there's regular content and we all enjoy our lives and get to go climbing a lot. And so... <laughs> Um, we we do have some training programs coming out sometime soon in the next six months or so. But other than that, yeah, I'm just doing the podcast and trying to get some more new interesting people on. Yeah, and just climbing a lot, mostly. Yeah, it's it's uh, you're you're OG. You're you, I mean you the not just the training thing and the podcast thing. You know, you're as OG as the Normacast is. They were both sort of in existence. I think at a pretty similar time. How long have you been doing the podcast? No, you are way more OG. Yeah, it's mine started 2013. Oh, no, I was around two. I think I was around 12. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, no, it was right. I, I remember them being pretty close together, um, you know, and definitely before the normal cast was really a thing at all. So it was just kind of two little climbing voices out there in the podcast <laughs> world, really. I mean, there wasn't much else going on when those came together. Um, but also, you, you know, this whole online training idea. Uh, wasn't you know there was that wasn't happening either not you know I can't say for sure that and you probably know better than I do that was invented with you but um, you know you were there pretty early on with this idea of of a conduit for training information um, online yeah I I came from the paleo nutrition world and in that world there's a ton of subscription models and ebooks and all these things and I basically just copied some stuff from that and brought it to climbing and it worked out for me. It's like everything I wanted it to be. It helps people. It gives me flexibility. And yeah, my life is, I pretty much have my dream job. And now, yeah, but I'm sure like anything, there was probably in the early years, like, why am I doing this? Like nobody's listening or did it just, did it just take off right away? Do you think? It was amazing. It took off right away. I couldn't even believe it. Yeah, it was great. I'm sure Sometimes I'm sure you look at your numbers and you're like, this many people listen to this? What? Right. That's so, cool. Yeah, Fine so, with me. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should swear less. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Climbers are very good swearing, so I'm sure that would help. <laughs> oh, I've heard about it a little bit. Really? Well, there's just a lot of, um, I mean, I think you've seen this, like this up surge in young young climbers and parents, you know, putting their kids in climbing and... and uh, so the the landscape, even in the last, what, we just said seven or eight years with young kids climbing has changed a ton. I know that's your background, Paige. Is yeah, and my parents climber. would have been the ones who are like, shut this off. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't know if on your episode of the Enormacast I tried not to swear or not. Nah, I can't remember. Yeah, there was a while because like most people know that I'm Christian. And so it's like everyone feels like they have to like be on their best behavior around me and not swear. <laughs> And I think people have gotten past that, luckily, but you're like, I'm just another person. Like, you act however you want just because I don't swear. Did I drink beer during yours? Yeah, you were wasted. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Uh, Paige, you 
and your husband would spend half the year in South Africa where he's from. Um, but it, it sounds like you're in Colorado now full time. Is that right? Yes, this has been a big transition year. So Arian's from South Africa and his family farms table grapes. So not wine grapes, but eating grapes. And they have a number of farms throughout South Africa and Namibia, but there are a number of factors. There's been many years of drought. The economy in South Africa is really bad. The global trade tariffs have been like very disruptive of the market. And those things, among others, have combined to... Basically, the business is collapsing. Um, so we don't really have a role in the farms anymore. We don't know if the farms will still exist. They'll exist. Someone else will run them, um, but his family won't. And so we're in Colorado full time now, as opposed to before we were spending six months in South Africa and six months in Colorado. We would go back for the harvest season to help pack the grapes. So this November is the last time we'll go back to Namibia for the grape packing season, which is... It's sad because it's their family's livelihood and like it's been a big part of our lives, his life, his family's lives. But in a way, it simplifies things because living in two places across the world is not simple. They're amazing and they're both two incredible places. But yeah, it just complicates life a bit. You feel like things are always kind of falling through the cracks because you're not able to stay on top of like two different lives. So, are there aspirations of starting a grape farm here in Colorado? Uh, no, I <laughs> don't. don't I don't feel like I need to have agriculture in my life to be satisfied. In your for training, <laughs> oh yeah, the grape packing seasons are tough. We would be in Namibia for two months. November, December is the harvest season, and you pack grapes six days a week, like sixteen hours a day. So I kind of got thrown in. I had said I would help. I'm not really one to like sit around while everyone else works. So. The first year I went up there, I was like, just give me a position that I can fill. I don't know anything about grapes. There's not much I can help with, but wherever you see fit. And so Arian came home one day. They had just um, changed management. So there wasn't someone overseeing the whole operation. And so Arian was like, someone has to run this giant Excel spreadsheet to tell like the 2000 people in the pack house what to do each hour of the day. I can't do this. Will you do it? And I was like, uh okay. And I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And basically it was starting at four in the morning, figuring out what we had packed the day before, what orders still need to be filled, and then planning what 2000 people do on six different packing lines. So it was just like this complicated logistics thing that I was supposed to plan. And I didn't even know that there's three colors of grapes and infinite varieties within those colors. So I knew nothing. And I've learned a lot. And it was a good challenge for me. But yeah, it's really full on. It's not as simple as running training beta. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'd say that. It's not as simple as going to rifle for two days every week. So we're living the life here right now. Paige, one of the things about your um, career professionally that's always um, impressed me is that you're always thinking of ways to just raise money for humanitarian causes or just things that are dear to your heart. Are you doing anything like that right now or anything that you want to point people to? Yeah, so I run an organization called SAFE. It's Southern Africa Education Fund. And I started that because where we farm in Namibia is super rural. It's like this village that's three hours from the nearest town and eight hours from the nearest city. So it's super remote. There's no resources or anything. And the school there 
accommodates 800 kids in a space that's meant for 350 kids. And there's just no one like available to help. And the government doesn't have any money. So I was like, well, I don't have any background in education or nonprofits or fundraising or anything, but like I'm motivated. So I think I could help. And so I started SAFE. We're a 501c3 and we raise money to build classrooms in Namibia. And we've built four classrooms so far and we're putting up another four in November. So next month. Um, I don't really know what the future of SAFE is going to be because like we are not going to be in Namibia anymore. And in Africa, things are, it's like really hard to manage a project like that because a lot is out of your control and it's a lot more chaotic than here in the U.S., even though the U.S. can be very chaotic. (laughs) Um, But if I'm not hands-on there, like I just want to make sure things are done correctly and that like people are receiving what they need, not what I think they need. So I definitely want to be careful of, you know, where we head when I'm not present in Namibia. So, but for now we're still building classrooms and yeah, it's been awesome. And the school has grown and the kids are like super appreciative. They have a playground now, which is awesome. They live in Reed shacks. So no one's ever been on the second level of a building because the, the shacks are Reed and they've never hung from anything because they don't have like a structure to hang from. So this playground allowed them to like get on top of something and like see the views and to hang from a bar, which is so normal for us, but it was super novel for them. So that was cool to see. I remember the kids asked me, they were like, are you going to teach us how to use the playground? And I was like, "Mm, I think you're just going to (laughs) know. And we opened it up and like 400 kids rushed the playground. And I was like, oh no, we tightened those bolts ourselves. Like this isn't going to hold, but it did. So yeah. And did they know how to use it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen a kid who doesn't know how to use a playground? Well, you know, we grow. Everybody grows up in different yeah. uh, cultures, and did you have to teach knows? Miles how to? He's still working on it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's a lifelong process. Yeah, totally. So, Paige, you, uh, I think I saw that you had written that you had climbed your first five thirteen in rifle, your first five fourteen, and now you've just done a five fourteen D in rifle. I imagine you know if you think back to that kid who climbed the beast. Back in the day, whenever that was, you might not have thought that you'd be one day doing a 14D. How do you uh, get from that point, from one point to the next? So when I was coming to Rifle then, I was maybe 15 or 16 and our team would come out. And like no one on the team was quite as focused as I was. So there'd be like a lot of building little sailboats and like putting them down the river. And I was trying to send my 512 project (laughs) So my dad would go belay me. And I remember to climb the beast, he like drove me out to rifle and just the two of us came out and he belayed me and I did it. And then a few years later, I was out with Mike Moulter and John Cardwell. And John was like, you need to try Zulu. And I was like, oh no, 514, like that's way beyond me. But I tried it and then I stuck with it. And I think I realized that I'm capable of sticking with stuff for the long run. And I like throwing myself against something and like beating my head against the wall. So I think that definitely helps. But you just choose something that you like climbing on and then you keep throwing yourself at it and eventually you'll send it. (laughs) If you're motivated enough, you'll train to get stronger. And so, you know, each week you come back a little stronger or the next season you come back totally a different climber and then you're at a next level. So I think it's just a process. And what's the project now? 
Oh, I don't know. But something I was going to say that's kind of funny is when I was coming to Rifle when I was a kid, Apocalypse was this route that I was like, that is what the real rifle climbers climb on is Apocalypse. It's like knee bars and looks totally impossible. And I would just look over intimidated at it. And Neely convinced me to get on it this year. And I did it. And it actually felt like a kind of monumental <laughs> to do like a true rifle route. Which is a 513B yeah, uh, or C maybe now. Um, yeah, but there's yeah. an extension. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Today we're just going to go climb fun stuff. Um, Neely's going to, you're going to try Tomb Raider. Yeah, she's going to try Sprayathon. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just Taking climbing off the right easier now. ones. I wouldn't say they're easy, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so last question, or we're getting towards the end here. Neely, we were just talking about what, motivates Paige or how she she takes care of these things. And I know you're our friends and not uh, sort of professionally attached with this training, but you've talked to hundreds of people about training, about motivation, about uh, climbing in general. As your friend and as someone that is a hero to you, what do you think her biggest strengths are uh, just as an observer, someone who climbs with her and has this knowledge about um, how people climb? I think she has so many strengths. And the biggest thing I've noticed on these trips is how confident she is in her climbing abilities and and in herself in general, and that she carries that through the whole way up a route. Even if she's fallen, she's just like, yeah, I'm strong enough to do this. So that makes her progress really quick on routes. I couldn't even believe how quickly she did this route. I mean, it took her like 10 goes. And in the time that it took her, you know, to do that, I'm still like trying to two hang my project. (laughs) Um, So that, but also her body awareness, like she has this thing where she's like, I don't remember beta and I can't gather beta from watching people. But I think that she doesn't consciously remember it, but her body remembers it because she'll do the same thing up a route two times in a row and she won't even know that she has done it. Like, I'll know because I'm good at that kind of thing. But so that like her body is just she just is born to climb in so many ways. And of course, her long arms don't hurt things. <laughs> I have a five foot 11 ape index. And she's five, six so plus five. Yeah. Wow. But- I thought there was something weird. Yeah, the it's like in school, your shorts have to be down to your fingertips and everyone else got to wear like short shorts and mine had to be down to my knees. I would get gift. sent home from school that regularly. And I was like a rule follower and I would get sent home from school for having two short shorts and they'd be like hiking shorts and everyone else in like tiny jean shorts. So, I'm yeah. sure your parents were happy with that. Oh, though, my that dad they, loved it. That they weren't fighting with you about having hot pants on at school when you were like a tiny little 12 year old (laughs) yeah because i can't imagine you were very big as a little teeny kid (laughs) um yeah i love that vision just mm, your hands down there by your knees yeah and i also remember in english class in high school one day my english teacher was awesome and he was like whoa eagle talons up here because i have like really large hands and I sat in the front row and he just like observed my hands and like freaked out in the middle of class. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome teaching. 
just like yeah. seeing a lot of physical weird Look at this freak of nature of a, in our classroom. He, was, a the, he was the best teacher I've ever had. Like oh, I learned good. so much from him. Yeah. Everyone, let's let's all observe. I also don't really mind being made fun of too okay. much. So. That's good. That, the, wrong, uh, the wrong teenager could just have withered right, in pain yeah. from something like that. Yeah. So you guys are going out to rifle today, um, doing pitches and training for the Dawn Wall. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We're going to do 72 Next pitches. We're going to the Dawn Wall. We heard the condies are good, so we're going for it. <laughs> we know all the knots and anchors and how to haul and whatnot, so it's going to go well. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Paige Clausen is a professional climber, and Neely Quinn runs trainingbeta.com. Check out what she's got going on. And thanks for coming on the show. Thanks yeah, for thank having you guys. Us. Good luck with the rickets. <laughs> if you have a comment, topic suggestion, or just a good bit of climbing trivia, join us at our Facebook page facebook.com forward slash runoutpodcast or drop us a line at our webpage runoutpodcast.com <laughs>